Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
see what happens. Um, I'm going to start in Acts chapter 6. I have a couple of verses or a couple of different sections of the Bible, so hopefully I get these in the right order. Um, we've talked a lot about being ordinary men and not just me and Chris, but us as a body of believers. And we've talked about being ordinary men serving the uncreated God and how the Father chose and delighted in having an intimate relationship with ordinary men. David said, what is man that you are mindful of him? And yet, even in our frail nature and even in our weakened state at times, he showers his love upon us and declares to us his faithfulness and declares to us his covenant and his long-suffering and his patience. And he declares his joy over us as the treasure of his heart. And we all are just ordinary people who serve a living God and have the Holy Spirit as a guide and a counselor. And even in the Bible, ordinary men and women were chosen of, chosen by God to do extraordinary things, but not because they were special, but because they trusted him and because he revealed himself to, him, to them and they believed and chose to stand up and act upon that which they believed. And Acts 6 um, talks about Stephen, and I'll just start. It says, Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what's interesting is they wanted men of good reputation because even those who are feeding the poor are still representatives of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And even in our daily lives, we need to be mindful of the heart of Jesus and of the desires and passions that Jesus has and the ones that he demonstrated himself and the ones he spoke about. It's unfortunate that there are people in poverty and it's unfortunate that there's people in jail and it's unfortunate there's fatherless kids out there. But it's a reality and we as children of the living God of all people should be an example 
and ministering and caring and providing and helping those who need him the most. I mean, the Bible says, "If you have, how can you have your have see your brother has a need and you have what they need and refuse and then not give it to them?" And that's a big paraphrase there. But the disciples, <clears throat> excuse me, the disciples realized that if at the very basic level we can't provide and we can't minister to those who are needy, then our gospel means nothing. If we have just the word of Jesus, but don't demonstrate its character, then our word is weakened in a way because there's no act, there's no actions to back up the word in which we speak. And if we're going to proclaim the Lord Jesus in this earth, we should at least attempt to act like the Lord Jesus and to do those things that we know are fully pleasing to him. And it says in verse 4, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, or Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Uh, and the, the funny thing, his his entire resume right here is two things which every single one of us have, which the Bible says we are all we all have been given a measure of faith, and the Holy Spirit, which the Bible declares that Jesus, once he ascended to the right hand of God, he sent the Holy Spirit to be our counselor and our comforter and our, and our helper and our helper. And so, I mean, Stephen has the two things that every single believer on the face of the planet has at their disposal. And so there's no different than Stephen and the rest of us. And it says that he, they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and I can't even pronounce these next five names, so I'm going to skip them. And it says, whom they said before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. You see, regardless of what our assignment is, and I say assignment as not necessarily a lifelong mission, but our even in our present-day current course of action, in our daily lives, we should still through our words and through our actions and through our character, we should still be proclaiming the risen Jesus Christ. And these men who were normal men were sent out to pretty much feed the poor and to provide for widows, and they were still declaring the word of God they didn't have extraordinary titles that they were the chief apostles or chief disciples or the oldest, most anointed disciples. They were just normal men who had faith in the Lord Jesus and had the counsel and the guide of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And they went out and proclaimed the word of God wherever they were. And, you know, something me and Chris mentioned even today is that, you know, 99% of the people who need him 
or 99% of the people in this world who need Jesus Christ won't be found in churches. They won't be found watching television ministries. They're going to be the people you find in your everyday life, the people who you come into contact with every day. And you and me and the rest of us as a body of believers have the ability to spread the gospel to every corner of the earth. You know, we we don't realize the impact we have in today's world and that when there was an epidemic of swine flu that broke out a year ago or two years ago, I don't quite remember, and they had talked about how they could see a case pop up in one part of the world and then it would start in like one part of the world wherever it started and all of a sudden it was spread to like every country and it's because people would someone who had who was sick would get on a plane and they'd be sitting next to someone else and be exposed to all these people on in the air in the airport and then on the plane and then into another airport and then into hotels and taxis and you know you preach the word of god to one person and that word of God will multiply and spread like a fire to parts of the earth that you have never seen and come into contact with people that you will never talk to. And so the least we do has the most amazing impact on a world that is covered in darkness because when you stand up and have the boldness, even in your normal life, to proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. You are speaking out the word of God into a world of darkness. And that word of God will create light and bring forth light everywhere it goes. And it says in um, verse 8, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Now, we already discussed that outside of – he had faith, so it says he was full of faith, and then it says, and power, and did great wonders and signs among the people, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Because as Jesus said, and it says um, earlier in Acts, it says that the Holy Spirit was confirming the words that were spoke with signs and wonders, and our job is not to perform the signs and wonders. Our job is to proclaim the word of God out to the world and then the Holy Spirit will confirm those words with signs and wonders. You know, Jesus said to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And it's not that all of a sudden we have amazing healing power, and not me nor Chris nor anybody else has any healing attributes or any special, like, anointing power to heal. It's that we become vessels for the Holy Spirit through our obedience to follow the Word of God and to stand upon the Word of God and to come into agreement with God himself over his own Word. And then the Holy Spirit Spirit backs up those words from the Father with signs and wonders. And it said there arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen and I'm going to skip some, and they were disputing with Stephen, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. You know, Paul said at one time, he said, I come to you not with 
preaching of persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power. Because, you know, it doesn't matter <clears throat> what words you use. The Holy Spirit will take those words, and he will use them because it says, you know, the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And that's why it says to take up the sword of the spirit, which is the only weapon that we need, and it's always sharp. And as long as you're proclaiming that word, then the Holy Spirit will take that word and impregnate people's hearts and plant seeds that will grow. And so it says they were unable to dispute, um, to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Then they secretly induced men to say, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and elders and scribes, and they came upon him, seized him, and brought him to the council. And, you know, we will always be brought forth into the leaders of the world who do not believe. And we have to have the boldness and the trust in the Father to get us through regardless of whatever situation comes. And it says in verse 13, they also set up false witnesses who said, this man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. Which in reality, he, Jesus didn't do. He just explained to the Pharisees what the, what the customs and the things really meant to begin with. And all who sat in the council, looking steadfastly at him, saw his face as the face of an angel. And what that means is just like when Moses was coming down from the mountain, and it says his face shone with the, from the countenance of the glory of God. When you've been in the presence of God, people will know it. Because it will be apparent, because there is something tangible about people who spend their time in front of the Father that is physically translated out into the world when you go to it. And then we're going to go to um, chapter 7. And so, I'm not sure how much of this I'm going to read, but it says, um, so Stephen stand up, and the, it says, the high priest said, are these things so? What do you really believe? What is it that you're going on and on about? Who, why, what is the big deal about this Jesus? And in verse 2 it says, And he said, Brethren and fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Haran. And he said to him, Get out of your country and from your relatives, and come to a land that I will show you. Then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran. And from there, when his father was dead, he moved him to this land in which you now dwell. And God gave him no inheritance in it, not even enough to set his foot on. But even when Abraham had no child, he promised to give it to him for a possession and to his descendants after him. But God spoke in this way, that his descendants would dwell in a foreign land, and they would bring them into bondage and oppress them for 400 years. And the nation to whom they will be in bondage, I will judge, says God. And after that, they shall come out and serve me in this place. Then he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham begot Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day. And Isaac begot Jacob. And Jacob begot the twelve patriarchs. 
which is the twelve tribes of Israel. And the patriarchs, becoming envious, sold Joseph into Egypt. But God was with him and delivered him out of all his troubles and gave him favor and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. Now a famine and great trouble came over the land of Egypt and Canaan, and our fathers found no sustenance. But when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent out our fathers first. And the second time Joseph was made known to his brothers, and Joseph's family became known to Pharaoh, to the Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent to him seventy-five people. So Jacob went down to Egypt, and he died, he and our fathers. And they were carried back to Shechem and laid in the tomb that Abraham bought for a sum of money from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem. I don't even know how to pronounce that, so I'll skip that word. But when the time of promise drew near, and we are living still in the time of promise, when the time of promise drew near, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt till another king arose who did not know Joseph. This man dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our forefathers, making them expose their babies that they may not live. At this time, Moses was born and was well-pleasing to God, and he was brought up in his father's house for three months. But when he was set out, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and brought him up as her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Now when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren the children of Israel, and seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. You know, God took Moses, and when his life was in jeopardy, even as a baby, he delivered him into a place of provision so that when the time had come for God to deliver the children of Israel, he could call him out. And, you know, the Lord has a lot of us and a lot of you out there in places of guarding and in places of protection and places where you are being covered and kept by his hand for a later time in which you will be drawn out and revealed and used to deliver people and deliver multitudes and deliver nations and to speak the word and do season. And Moses, and it says, okay, where was I? I lost my place. Um, now, when he was 40 years old, it came to him in his heart to visit his brethren. I already did that. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian, for he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but they did not understand. And the next day he appeared to two of them as they were fighting and tried to reconcile them, saying, Men, you are brethren, why do you wrong one another? But he who did this, did his neighbor wrong, pushed him away, saying, Who made you a ruler and judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday? Remember, the world is always watching everything we do. 
Then at the same, Moses fled and became a dweller in the land of Midian, where he had two sons. And when forty years had passed, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in a bush in the wilderness of Mount Sinai. When Moses saw it, he marveled at the sight. And as he drew near to observe, the voice of the Lord came to him, saying, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses trembled and dared not look. Then the Lord said to him, Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their groanings, and I have come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send you to Egypt. This Moses, whom they rejected, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge, is the one God sent to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush, and brought them out after he had shown wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness for forty years. This is the Moses who said to the children of Israel, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear. This is he who was in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel, who spoke to him on Mount Sinai, and with our fathers, the one who received the living oracles to give to us, whom the fathers would not obey but rejected. And in their hearts they turned back to Egypt, saying to Aaron, Make us gods to go before us. As for this Moses, who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And they made a calf in those days, offered sacrifices to the idol, and rejoiced in the works of their own hands. You know, the world in which we live is still rejoicing in the works of their own hands. But there is still a true God in Israel, and there is still a true God in Zion, and there is a still a true God in the church. And in every corner of this earth, there is still a true God. And like me and Chris were talking about earlier, and he still answers with fire. And in your situation and wherever you're at, the same God will still answer with fire and he will still deliver and he will still redeem you. And it says, then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven as it is written in the book of the prophets. Did you offer me slaughtered animals and sacrifices during 40 years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? You also took up the tabernacle of Moloch. Moloch and the star of your god Rephim, images which you made to worship, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he appointed, instructing Moses to make it according to the pattern that he had seen, which our fathers, having received it in turn, also brought with Joshua into the land possessed by the Gentiles, whom God drove out before the face of our fathers until the days of David who found favor before God and asked to find a dwelling for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him a house. And now we are the house. However, the Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me, says the Lord? 
Or what is the place of my rest? Has my hand not made all these things? You see, when men are still trying to build a physical temple for the Lord, the Lord by his own hand is building up a body that he may dwell in. In verse 51, it says, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed their teeth. They gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, and said, "Look, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God." Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he kept down, he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. The world in which we live is not able to retain sound doctrine and will run from the truth that their evil deeds may not be, so their evil deeds are not exposed. And the world will still shun the truth, and they will still shun us as believers, just like they shun the Lord Jesus. And if Jesus said, if they persecuted him so much, they will also persecute us. But you know, whether by life or death, it's sometimes easier to think about dying for him, but we also have to live for him. And, you know, there's still a God who redeems, and there's still a God who delivers, and there's still a God who saves. You know, Psalms 91 says, you know, before I read this, it's a funny story, um, an amazing story. My mentor, or my first mentor when I became a Christian, and I was a really young and stupid kid who didn't know anything about anything, and I still don't really... But there was a man by the name of Steve Ellis who used to sit me down and any question I had about Jesus, he would answer. And he told me the story about this verse and how one day he had been reading this verse and a day had come when him and his girls were outside riding their bikes and a van came swerving around the alley where they were at and this van hit, hit one of his daughters and right 
before the moment of impact, this verse popped in his head. And the Holy Spirit brought it to his his memory. And ended up, what happened is his daughter flew through the air, landed on her feet, way away from the vehicle. And there was a huge dent in the vehicle that was way too big for the body of his daughter. And so all he could gather is that an angel stood there taking the impact that we could not that nobody could see while another angel picked his daughter up and carried her to safety. And you know there is still a God who performs miracles in the spiritual realm and the physical realm for those who are willing to place their trust in him and to trust him at his word. And that doesn't mean that we will always be delivered from death. For many of us, just as we live for him, we surely will die for him. And some will not, and some will, and that's just the way it is. The Bible says that every man is appointed once to die, and after that, the judgment. And whether that is today or tomorrow or 30 years from now, until that day comes when we are when he calls our name and we are taken away to be with him forever, every breath from this minute to that should be spent worshiping him and should be spent in communion with him and should be spent in partnership with him, trusting him at his word, declaring his word into the nations and into this earth. And Psalms 91 said, He who dwells, in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, 
Therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him, says the Lord. I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Brothers and sisters, there is nothing to be afraid of. The Bible declares he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And as many enemies that bark, we still serve the risen Savior. And his word is still true even today as it was when Jesus walked this earth. It's the same Holy Spirit who dwells among us and in us that it says, raise Jesus Christ from the dead. It's the same Holy Spirit who was there at the beginning when God took the void and nothingness, spoke and created life and spoke and formed this planet that we're on right now. Our sins have been washed away by the powerful blood of Jesus. We have been redeemed and restored into right standing with God through his own grace and mercy. We stand in the joy of the Lord God. And he's a very big God. And, you know, yes, it says every man is appointed once to die. But until that time, there's absolutely no demon in hell that has any power or any authority against the blood of Jesus. None. And though nations may war and fight, and though there are armies camped about all around, those that are with us are greater than those that are with them. And we stand among the armies of the living God, among the Lord of hosts, clothed in the garments of righteousness, and as it says in Ephesians, we take the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and we gird our loins with truth. We take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and the shield of faith with which we can quench all the fiery darts and attempts of the wicked one. You know, our strength comes not from our own ability, but it comes from our trust and our faith in the Lord Jesus. It comes from the simple childlike faith that a child has when they ask their dad for something. You know, I have a five-year-old, and... She can be a handful at times, just like I am to the Father. 
But you know, when this five-year-old comes up to me and she wants a drink, she trusts that I'm going to provide for her, and I will. When this five-year-old comes up to me and wants a hug, she knows that I'll give it to her. And we have a father who we can trust, who we can place our confidence in. Even if you have no confidence in yourself, that's fine because a lot of us don't at times. But what's important isn't necessarily how much confidence we have in ourselves. It's how much confidence we have in what he said about us. It's how much confidence we have in his ability to keep his own word. And as of yet, in the aeons of eternity in which he has existed, he has yet to lie. And he has always been faithful to keep his word from generation to generation. And our salvation and our trust is in the Lord Jesus. And so we're going to take a quick break. Um, This is Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number, if you need prayer, is 619-638-8458. We have a chat room open if you want to chat with us. Uh, If you need to email us, our email address is prayerinternational at gmail.com, and we'll be back in just a minute.
good he is where you're at. Just lift it up. Thank you, God. We celebrate you tonight. International Radio. I'm your host, Sean Holmberg, along with your other host, Chris Herzog, and we're about to go into a quick time of prayer. Um, our call-in number is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for absolutely anything, give us a call. Our email address is prayerinternational at gmail.com, and we have a chat room open. Um, that you can get in to get prayer as well. And um, we have one prayer request. Um, we've been praying for one of our regular listeners who goes by the name Walk on Water. Um, her son's having some issues, and who and they needed a really good attorney. Father. You are omnipresent. The Bible declares that there is nowhere we can go from your spirit and there's nowhere we can flee from your presence. Father, and we know that you are able to provide in any situation, at any time, in any place. So, Father, we come in agreement before you, Lord, Asking for your divine counsel. Asking for your divine favor. Lord, asking for your divine wisdom and revelation 
into this situation, Father, for you see all aspects and see every side of this situation, Lord. And so we ask, Father, that through it you would be glorified, Lord. Through it that your will would be done, Father. Father, we thank you for the abundance of grace and mercy that you have in our lives, Father. And we thank you for your blood that covers us. Father, so I thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Father, I thank you that you are faithful. Lord, and we thank you for the provision that is pouring down like rain in this situation, Father. We thank you for the divine connections that you are setting up even now, Father. Father, we give you glory and we give you all the honor. Jesus. If you need prayer for anything and you don't have a way to call in or anything like that, the Bible declares that he knows what we need before we ask it. And we're here just to encourage you to come to him. And so, Father, God, for all those needs out there, Lord, for all those out there who need provision, Father, your word declares that where it says, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor seed begging for bread. Father, we ask for the manna from heaven to come, Father, that the rain of your provision would pour down into the lives of your children, Father, that you would provide abundance, Lord, in every situation, Father. Through your divine mercy, Father, through your divine favor, you would cause favor to be poured out into their lives, Lord. Father, that the blessing and provision would overtake them, Lord. And, Father, at the exact time in which you will be glorified in their lives, Father, that you would provide for them in every way, Father, regardless of what the need is, Lord. You know the need, Father. And so we trust you, Father. We place our trust in you, Father. We place our hope and our life in you. Jesus, and we thank you ahead of time, Father, for being so amazing to us. Father, for the things that we call miracles and wonders are just part of your character. And they're a natural overflow from who you are, Jesus If anybody's listening, if you have any part of your body that's sick, God will heal you right now and begin the work of healing in whatever part of your body it is. It doesn't matter if it's something really simple like a broken toe or something major like an illness or a disease, it makes no difference to the God of all creation. 
because it is the same blood of Jesus, and it says that by his stripes we are healed. The word declares if we would, if any two or more of us would come together in agreement, that he is there in the midst. It says that if we know that he hears us, we know we have the things in which we ask. Jesus said that if we would ask him anything in his name, he would do it. We know the will of God is for people to get healed because that's exactly what Jesus did. And that's exactly what he commanded us to do when he said to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And even though we may not comprehend or have full understanding of how healing necessarily works, or it's not important, all that is important is the fact is we know in whom we believe, and that's Jesus Christ. So, whatever the issue is, place one of your hands on that part of your body that's affected. If it's someone in the room with you, place your hand on whatever part of the body they're having an issue with, if it's possible. And we're going to believe him. And we're going to believe his word. Father, Father, your word declares that we are to come boldly to your throne of grace in which we are accepted in a time of need. Father, we thank you. Oh God, we thank you for your blood which was poured out for our sins. Father, we thank you that your word declares that by your stripes we are healed. So Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, in the name of Jesus, Father, we speak complete and total healing. Father, complete and total healing over every organ, over every body part, over every hair follicle, over every inch of skin, Father, over every foot, Father, from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet, Lord, restoration right now. Father, we call and ask for restoration according to your word. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we speak complete and total healing over this body right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, complete and total healing. We command every spirit of sickness to go in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of sickness, you must go right now in the name of Jesus Christ, and we command you to leave and to flee. We rebuke the spirit of doubt, and we rebuke the spirit of fear, and we proclaim the word of God in boldness and in faith. The Bible declares to let God be true and every man a liar. And so, Father, we choose right now to believe your word. Father, we choose to put our trust in you right now. Your word declares that we walk by faith and not by sight. 
So, Father, we rejoice in your word, and we rejoice in your Son, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, have your way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Once again, our call-in number is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer or something on your heart, please give us a call. We have a chat room open, and we're going to go on a small break. And when we return, um, Chris is going to be with us. And so don't go away. We'll be right back.
right. Well, praise God, we're back. This is Prayer International Radio, and my name is Chris Herzog. And I'm filling in uh, for the second half of the broadcast. Sean Holmberg was sharing his heart once again, and we're always glad when he does. Such a blessing to work with him in ministry and also in the IT field. You know, we actually do computer work by day, and I guess we minister by night. So, praise God, cloud by day, fire by night, and uh, what a blessing it is. So, just want to let you guys know we've got the chat room open. Uh, feel free to jump in there. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, we have the chat room open. You guys can get in there if you want to. And um got the website up, www.prayerinternational.org. I noticed a few people are visiting tonight on the website. And, of course, we always have our email address if you want to email prayer requests or comments. Or if the Lord's putting things in your heart you just want to share, um, of course, we will do our best to respond back to those and uh, stay in touch. So email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. All right, well, praise God. Well, glory to God. We are going into a time of worship for a few minutes. And then we're going to come back and get into some prayer and into some word. We're going to give you guys some time to put in your prayer request and just allow the the worship of the Lord, the worship of the Holy Spirit to touch your heart tonight. Praise the Lord.
God, we're back. Another edition of Face to Face. This is Prayer International Radio. And my name is Chris Herzog. And as I mentioned, I'll be doing the rest of the broadcast tonight. So we want to let you know we have our chat room open and our call in number is up. It is 619-638-8458 if you want to call in, have any questions, comments, prayer requests, just want to share your heart tonight. Uh, feel free to call in. Of course, we've got uh, different people in the chat room tonight. Our friend Walk on Water, Sister Lupe's in there, and we've had a few different people. I noticed ARC Studies was in there as well. And You know, we get frequent visitors from time to time uh, in the chat room, and we'll be glad that we do. And, of course, we have a Facebook family that we're reaching out to as well, and uh, people that actually find us on the website uh, just surfing the Internet sometimes. So we're just reaching out. Just want to let you know we are available uh, for prayer. Of course, you can send in your prayer request 24-7 to our uh, email address or on the website, and eventually we will have some intercessors on their staff. Uh, we, I think we're going to be moving forward in that in the next week or so. We'll be um, hosting a few hours. We're going to try to do some video prayer and try to host some video um, you know, just some video situation there for you. So, praise God. All right, well, we're going to go into another song, and then we are going to get back to things. So, uh, Prayer International Radio, and again, our calling number is 619-638-8458. And praise God, we're coming up about 15 minutes past the 11 o'clock hour. And just want to stay in an attitude of worship and prayer. So feel free to call in. And we're definitely here for you. heaven, and one sat on the throne. 
Father, we come standing before that great white throne, the throne that's been established from eternity, the throne which is surrounded with transcendent radiance, the angels, the seraphim, beauty everywhere, the river of fire that flows from your throne. Oh, we love to stand before your throne, oh God. We love to stand before the throne of God. divine encounter. Lover, consume 
flaming fire. with flaming fire. The furnace of love. Beauty. Raging fire. Raging fire. Raging fire. Eternal desire. 
This is our inheritance. Oh God, to stand before the great white throne, to be lost in the river of holy fire, holy romance. around your throne, O oh God. The place of an abandoned life, standing before the throne forever and ever. Praise God, we're back. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and broadcasting out of Dallas, Texas tonight. I just want to thank everybody in the chat room. God bless you guys. Looks like we've got Debbie in the chat room, and it looks like we've got Walk on Water in the chat room. God bless y'all. Just want to bless you for listening tonight and, and being in there. We're going to have a time of prayer here in a little bit. I just wanted to share a little bit of the word, and then we're going to go into a time of prayer, uh, prayer requests and needs for everybody. So uh, let's go ahead and open up in prayer, and then let's get into a little bit of the Word, and then we'll take some prayer requests, and we'll lift everybody up to the Lord. Praise God. Well, Father, we just thank you for everybody listening tonight, Lord God, over the air. Father, we thank you for our Facebook family, our Blog Talk Radio family. Father, we thank you for our own family. We just give you praise, Lord, uh, not only for our natural family that you blessed us with, Lord, but our, our spiritual family. Lord, we just ask, Father, your kingdom come and your will be done tonight in their lives, just as it is in heaven, Father, that you would move in their hearts, that you would move in their lives tonight, Lord, and as they're listening to your word going forth and as the worship is going out, Father, and they're encountering and experiencing your Holy Spirit, Lord, we just pray that your presence and that your peace would rest on everybody tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're opening up spiritual eyes, you're opening up spiritual ears that we would understand your kingdom, that we would understand who you are. Father, that we would understand, Lord God, what you're calling us to, what you've desired for us. So, Father, we just pray, Lord God, that you'd reveal your plans and purposes to everybody listening tonight, Father, and that you would lead them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, open up your word to us tonight, and we just give you the praise. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, praise God. Like I mentioned earlier, we're going to actually uh, have a time of prayer later on uh, on the broadcast. Uh, like we usually do, usually about the last uh, five or ten minutes, we'll go into prayer. Um, taking requests, you can call in 619-638-8458. Feel free to go to the phone. We're taking calls tonight. Also, we've got the chat room open. We've got a few people in the chat room. And, um, you know, usually we've got a handful in there, so feel free to get in there and talk to each other and get to know each other. And also, we have people listening via the website, and we just want to thank you guys for being supportive to Prayer International. You're praying with us, praying for us, 
we're raising up a prayer watch for the nations around the world, for America especially, and for Jerusalem. And right now in the time of crisis, of course, we're lifting up chanties, so praise God. just want to remind you guys to do that. Like I said, in about 20 minutes or so, we'll go into the time of prayer, but I'm going to spend a few minutes just sharing my heart, sharing the word of the Lord. You know, one reason we really focus on worship on this program, and you'll hear this time and time again, is that we love the presence of God. We love the glory of God. And you know, there's really something that's missing in our worship services and in our worship times today. You know, it's one thing to listen to songs and sing. It's one thing to dance or to play instruments and, and perform and, and uh, you know, even for entertainment's sake. But there's something special about getting to know the presence of God, getting to know the person of the Holy Spirit and experiencing the power and the glory that, that rests in this presence. You know, there is a peace that passes all understanding in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so we know, you know, the Father says to enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts and to enter his courts with praise. Of course, we come before his presence with singing like Psalm 100, verse 3, verse 2, verse 3 says. But you know, in all of our singing, there's something we miss in in our services, even in a lot of church services or small groups, even on different broadcasts that you might listen to or whatever, different uh, Christian television shows, there's an absence of the presence and an absence of the glory of God. You know, God is pouring out His Spirit tangibly in the earth today. He's not just a history book. He's not just some story or a Sunday school lesson that we go to a building and learn, you know, some teachings or learn some doctrine or learn some history Although that's important, and it's good to know those things. God is a living God, and he is moving in the earth by his Holy Spirit today. And he is truly speaking to the hearts of men and women by the Spirit of God. You know, the Bible says that they that come to God must worship him in spirit and in truth, and that no one can come to God unless the Spirit of Christ, unless the Holy Spirit is drawing him. And, you know, one thing that's not keeping people in the house of God today, one thing that's not keeping people in the study of the word and in, in, in the interest of God is the fact that there's a lack of the presence of God in the people of God. There's a lack of the presence of God in the church. There's a lack of the presence of God on some of the people that claim his name. And their lives, do not really exemplify or bear the the presence of God. It says, you know, too often we have our hearts and minds on our personal needs, you know, when we pray, which is fine. We need to bring our petitioning to God. We need to bring our request to God. But sometimes we need to just seek first His kingdom. Sometimes we need to seek Him and realize that he and his presence alone is the treasure that we should be seeking. You know, there's something special about being in the presence of God. There is a feeling like no other feeling. You know, in my history, my, my past, in the course of my lifetime, 
course, I experimented and used and abused different drugs and, and alcohol, always looking for that euphoric feeling or that high or that, you know, feel-good feeling. Now, the Bible says, let all things be done in moderation, but that things should not be done in excess. So, you know, we really encourage the people not be excessive in the things uh, that they partake in, but that they would strive to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They would strive to be filled with the presence of God. And so we're not here preaching, you know, don't do this, don't do that. We're not about that. Obviously, if you have abuses and, and strongholds and, and issues in your life, you need to work on and ask God to deliver you, ask God to help you. But we're talking about being intoxicated by the presence of God, being in that place of being undone. You know, the Bible says in the book of Acts that when they came out, after the Holy Spirit fell upon them, that the place was shaken. And when they came out, when the the city of Jerusalem, when they began to behold these men that had been in the presence of the Lord, they said, these guys look drunk. These guys look wasted. And, of course, Peter stood up on that day, on the first day of the church was established, and he said, look, guys, these men are not drunk, as you should suppose, being that it's the third hour of the day. I mean, it was like 9 o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk. They haven't been drinking wine. This is what the Spirit of the Lord has done. Hey, praise God. I just want to bless uh, Brother Rusty. Uh, he got rid of a little while ago. God bless you, brother. So, you know, it's it's a move of the Spirit of God. It's something the Spirit of the Lord was doing. And we need to learn how to seek first His kingdom, seek first His righteousness. We need to learn how to praise Him in the light of the glory of God. When we continue with God in prayer and in worship, you know, of course God delights in taking care of our smallest needs. He says, I I care about your need even before you ask, before you even pray about it. Now, of course, he says ask and keep on asking and seek and keep on seeking and knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. So never stop reaching to God in prayer. It is not about the words that you're saying. But it's about your heart. It's about your your attitude towards God and your your openness towards God, your yieldedness towards God, your hunger for God. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for hunger. He's looking for someone that's seeking Him out, looking for somebody that's running after Him, that's longing, desiring to know who He is. And so when we talk about prayer, we're not necessarily talking about the formulas of prayer or all the patterns. Of course, there's different types of prayer. But God is not necessarily concerned with the type of prayer or how great you can sing or how great of a musician you are or how much of the Bible you can even quote. God's not concerned or neither is he impressed with that whatsoever. Believe me, there were Pharisees in Jesus' day that could quote the the Old Testament upside down and backwards And it did not impress Jesus at all. In fact, he said, you think that you you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. 
You see, they actually made a religion out of the Bible. They worshipped the Bible. Rather than just worshipping God. And a lot of times, A lot of times we can get caught up in worshiping the traditions of men and the formalities of religion and get caught up in the do's and don'ts rather than just letting our heart be yielded and open to the Spirit of God. You see, the Bible says God is looking for hearts that are fully His. He's searching to and fro throughout the earth, looking, looking, looking for a place to rest. See, God doesn't live in temples made of human hands. He doesn't live in churches, not church buildings, but he lives inside of people that are his church. And when the people gather together, when there's two or three gathered together in my name, Jesus said, there I am in the midst. When he's in the midst, it doesn't matter if we meet outside or in a building or in a home or in a satellite or on a radio program. We're over the internet, however we do it. God says if you're fellowshipping in his name, you're coming together praying and worshiping and, and sharing hearts in his name, guess what? He's going to be there. And a lot of times in our services and our times together, instead of getting focused on what we need, although, like I said, God cares about your smallest need and your greatest need. He does care. He cares when the sparrow falls from the tree. He cares about the the hairs on your head. He's a loving, giving father who cares. He provides. He protects. I mean, come on. Even the Apostle Paul says it. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, but it's according to the power that works in us, and you'll hear the scripture a lot of this. Ephesians 3.22, there's a power that was working in these men and women of God. There was a power that was working in Jesus. There was a power that was working in the apostles and disciples. There was a power that's working in the men and women that are walking with God today, and it's the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It's the glory and the presence of the living God. See, our problem is our, our, our minds have become so earthly that we haven't seen or beheld the glory of God. We're so focused on the cares of the world, it chokes out the word within us. The traditions of men have made the word of God an effect. See, we, we can't behold the glory of God. We don't see his magnificence and his radiance, his splendor, his glory. We don't see, you know, when we say let's magnify the Lord, it's saying, hey, let's make God bigger than everything else in our lives. Let's magnify the Lord. Well, to magnify something means to make it bigger, to enlarge it, to cause it to be seen more easily. And listen, when you begin to worship God and magnify God and lift up God and praise and thank God for the things he has done and the things he's going to do, he will show up in your midst. He will show up. He says, I dwell in the praises of my people. I dwell in the midst of praise. I, I inhabit the praise of my people. What this means is, hey, praise God, Brother Joe. Just want to say praise God to Brother Joe. In the chat room, I just noticed you're in there. 
Bless you, brother. I don't know how long, long you've been in there. It's hard sometimes for me to stay focused on different things. So bless you, brother. And I just know that we're praying for you. Everybody in the chat room, we are praying for you tonight. God bless you. So this is the deal. Look. The presence of God, the, the glory of God. And what do you say? What is the glory of God? We're talking about that tangible presence. In the Old Testament, there was a cloud and a fire that hovered over the Israelites in the wilderness. There was a glory cloud that filled Solomon's temple. An actual physical, tangible presence of God. You could feel it, you could see it, you could touch it, you could taste it. It would manifest in different ways. And God is alive. Look, the glory cloud that took Jesus to heaven is the same glory cloud that's going to return when he comes for his church. The same glory that fills the courts of heaven now. And the same glory that will fill the hearts of his people when they begin to have unabandoned worship. Hey, God bless you guys tonight. Listen, this is Prayer International Radio. If you need prayer, call in 619-638-8458. Send in your prayer requests in the chat room. Feel free to fellowship. Share your hearts. Pray in the chat room. Uh, get on our website, www.prayerinternational.org, or email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. Praise God. We're talking about beholding His glory. Why can't we have a little of the glory of God here on earth? The Bible says, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, in heaven there's glory. In heaven there's presence of God. In heaven there's peace. In heaven there's healing. In heaven there's joy. In heaven... In the presence of God, there's fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Why do we have to wait till we get to heaven to experience the pleasures that God has for us? Why do we have to wait till we get to heaven to experience the joy that's in his presence? Did you know that he says, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me? Why? To give beauty for ashes. Do you have ashes in your life? Do you have just a bunch of rubble and stubble and and just a heap of dirt that equates to some of the situations and circumstances and choices that you made in your life? Well, give it to God because he promises, I'll make a way in the wilderness, springs in the desert. I will take your heaps of rubble and your wasted places and I will turn them into places of glory for my name's sake, says the Lord. And if things in your life have gone crazy, and it feels like things in your life have gone to hell in a handbasket, and everything seems like it's pressing hard on you, and sometimes you feel the weight of the world and the cares of the world choking out the word of God, choking out the presence and the joy of the Lord, that joy of your salvation, then turn your eyes unto Jesus. The Bible says that we can lay aside every weight and sin that easily besets us, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. Listen. He despised the shame. He endured the cross because he knew that the glory he was going to experience, the glory of pleasing his father, the glory of being with his father, was so much more than the sufferings he was going to go through. And even Paul said, look, the present sufferings that we go through in this age are nothing compared to the glory. 
Why are we talking about the glory? The Bible says when we behold his glory, we're changed, we're transfigured. We're changed into his likeness by beholding him. And you've got to get a glimpse. You've got to get a glimpse of who this Jesus is. You've got to get a glimpse. of what the Lord is doing, who the Lord is. You've got to turn your ear and begin to listen to what the Lord is speaking. You know, God is drawing his people in this hour. He's drawing men and women, children, teenagers by his spirit. In different countries, even we heard in Canada recently, he's appearing, and we know in Muslim nations, but we recently heard a testimony in Canada He's appearing to people literally in visions and dreams, showing up, manifesting himself as the angel of the Lord. And people are having encounters with Jesus, turning their hearts to God before they've even heard a sermon, before they've even heard the Bible taught, before they've even heard about organized Christianity or anything like that. These people are just having encounters with God. But God is alive. And he is drawing his people. If he does it in the church or on a radio program or however he wants to do it, he's going to get your attention. And so beholding his glory, you're changed. You know, Moses understood something of the glory of God. When when he met with God, there was a burning bush, and, and the Spirit told him, take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground. When Jesus was born, the angels began to cry out, Glory to God in the highest. Come on, think when David was talking about the glory of God, he said things like, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and the King of glory shall come in. Constantly talking about glory, the King of glory, the things, the glory of God. Isaiah 6.3, we talked about this the other night. When he beheld the glory, he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And above it stood the cherubim and the seraphim, talking about the angels, the six-winged angels. They used two to cover their face, two to cover their feet, and two they flew with. And when the place was shaken, the, the angels began to cry. Now he's having a revelation of what was going on in heaven. But remember, God said, let the kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven. So if in heaven we're beholding God, we're beholding the glory of God, and, and there's something that's happening inside of these people. They're crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. This is Isaiah 6, 3-7. The whole earth is full of the glory. And then I said, Woe is me, for I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King of glory, the Lord of hosts. And one of the seraphim, having a live coal in his hand, which takes the tongs from off the altar, laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched my lips. Your iniquity has taken away your sin is purged. And people say, well, what does this mean? He's having a revelation of the glory of God. He's having a revelation of what's going on in heaven, and he's experiencing the glory, and he has a vision of an angel bringing a live coal from off the altar and touching it to his lips. It's signifying the fire of the presence of God that's coming out of heaven into the earth. Just like the book of Revelations, chapter 8, talks about. The angels of God will bring fire to the earth. If you will pray, 
God will answer by fire. If you will pray, you will behold his glory. If you will seek God out, he will come and visit you by his glory. Praise the Lord. We're going to go into a song, and then after the song, we're going to go into our prayer request time. Uh, we've got a few prayer requests to pray for everybody, so if you've got any prayer requests, feel free to leave them in the chat room, and then we're going to go right into it here in a minute. So praise God.
All right, praise God. I had to cut a little short tonight. We wanted to get back into a time of prayer. So we just want to thank our friends in the chat room. I know a few people have fallen off tonight because of the hour, and we know that's usually how it goes sometimes. But again, we just want to thank our my, my sister-in-law, Debbie, for listening tonight. God bless you, Debbie. I want to thank uh, Joe and, and Sister Lupe for being in there. It looks like we had uh, quite a few different blog talk uh, radio shows kind of in and out, and quite a few guests in and out. We're praying for you guys. We just bless you right now. We pray the will of God be done and the kingdom of God come, that your families would be blessed, that your futures would be blessed, and that whatever you put your hand to would be blessed, and that God would lead you and guide you by the power of his Holy Spirit. Right now, we also want to pray for our Facebook family, and we want to pray for those that are listening uh, from the Prayer International website. And anyone else that might be listening tonight, we just bless you. We bless everyone out of the Dallas, Fort Worth area. Of course, everyone in the nation that's listening all around. We just are so excited that we're having an influence and a global impact as well as a national impact with what we're doing here. Right now, we just pray in the name of Jesus for the peace of Jerusalem for Israel. We pray for the United States of America to be blessed. And specifically right now, we want to uh, have a time of healing. I know God has been healing people on our show. We've had some uh, testimonials, uh, not only from the radio broadcast, but from our website as well. If you need prayer for healing, realize that by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed and you can be healed. That God is a healer and that he is healing sickness, healing disease, healing tormented mind. That the blood of Jesus Christ is speaking today. That he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he is not slack concerning his promises. So wherever you are, if you're listening, if you're standing in the gap for someone else, we want to agree with you in prayer for their healing right now. If you're sick in your own body, just lay your hand, if you can, on, on that place where you're you're sick. Or if there's someone there, just, just lay your hands on them, pray for them. Listen, the Bible says to lay hands on the sick and they will recover, to speak the word of God. And when Jesus spoke the word, healing took place. As we speak the word, the Bible says there's life and death in our tongue. So right now we just want to pray uh, for all of you that are going through a terminal situation. You've got, uh, even a, if it's a, like a cancer or anything like that, I know... Uh, Praise God. Listen, uh, we just want to lift up. Uh, I know we've got a Jason that's going through a cancer situation. And we've got Al that's going through a leukemia right now. We're praying for Al and his family right now in the name of Jesus. And right now we just want to lift up anybody that's going, anyone else that's going through a situation in your body. Right now we just declare that by the stripes of Jesus you are healed. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we declare that the Spirit of the Lord is making you whole, is making your loved one whole, whoever you're believing for right now. There's power in agreement. We're agreeing with you right now and declaring, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we speak healing to go across these airwaves right now, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would brood and hover and move in the lives of the men, women, and children that are listening tonight. You would bless their families. You would bless their friends. You would bless their children or their parents, whoever they're standing in the gap for tonight. You would bless their spouse, husband and wife. 
We just believe that whatever it is you have need of, God is an ever-present help in time of need. He says he knows you have need even before you ask. He's aware of it. So if you will just trust him and begin to reach out in faith tonight, he will meet you where you are. He will meet you. Take him at his word. Test him at his word. Listen, he says, prove me and see if I am God. And I'm here to tell you that he is God. He is for And he is not a man that he should lie. I'm telling you that every good and perfect gift that is coming into your life and has come into your life is from God. It's from the Lord. And he is passing out healing and good gifts to his children even now. And if you're not in the family of God, I'd like to invite you. Just ask Jesus, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me of my sins. And make my home in heaven. Reveal yourself to me in a mighty way. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And bring me your peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Look, we want to bless you. The will of God be done. The kingdom of God come in your life. Go forth in peace. And we'll be with you tomorrow night. In Jesus' name. Amen. And we want to just pray for thyroid issues. Anybody with thyroid issues, be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Somebody. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.